who wishes that there were no springs for some reason like the contraption or the season? like a spring okay uh and uh then a little sprite shows up and its name is coily and it whistles and goes no springs that's it that's a fever dream it's yeah it's, it's a total fever dream <laughs> <laughs> well let's intro and do the thing Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we talk about Recently Watched, which we try not to spoil. Uh, We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show. You can find their music on Amazon or Apple Music, where you could buy it digitally. And say hello to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon-Rays. And we are not professional critics. We are your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Ziggy. Hi. And Jolian. Good evening. And Will. Good morning. All right. So, um, we're back with the underwater stuff because it's summertime. Everyone wants to be in the pool or the lake or the river or... Cherry Creek Reservoir if you're landlocked in Colorado. Yeah. Or the (laughs) Pacific Ocean if you're waterlocked in Hawaii, which you're currently not. Nope. Leaving the number one tourist destination for the summer. (laughs) <laughs> you know what? Let the tourists have it while it's the most hot and humid that it's going to be. <laughs> and come back when it's nice and pleasant. Um, I lived it for some years. And I know that uh, back see back when I lived in Hawaii, mm-hmm. a lot of the Europeans would show up in Speedos. Yeah, that does happen. Oh, you saw, you saw that too? Yep. Okay. So it hasn't gone away? Nope. Okay. But I mean, I just let people do what they want I'm like, well That's sure fine. but it's, it's like me and all my friends all our asses are out too it's okay no. it's all of us asses out Every, yeah <laughs> sun's out asses out. out yeah oh yeah hey, sun's that, out, that, out. hey that rhymes you not heard that before <laughs> yeah <laughs> once anywho In um, a fever dream <laughs> <laughs> uh recently watched can i start yeah i watched stranger things season four all of it all of it uh, over the course. No, of No, you didn't, because they only released half of it. That's true. Actually, oh, is, got him. Is that why? Is that why it felt like it just kind of hung there? Yes, because there's volume one, volume two. <clears throat> oh, okay. So I watched volume one. All right, that explains why it just kind of abruptly did what it did, which I can't talk about. Nope. The no kids. The kids are all kind of gawky and gangly and weird. They're in college now. I'm in love. With one Katie of them Sims. has his She's own my kid. Who's 10? What? <laughs> oh. Making fun of the, the elderly children. Mm-hmm. The elderly children. Yeah. One of those kids is in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Finn Wolfhard. I hear. I used to be obsessed with him. So obsessed. Why did you go off? I came out and I stopped being obsessed with him. <laughs> you can still be obsessed with him. 
Yeah. Um, I thought that he looked very, very... same kind of obsession. I thought that he looked very feminine. And I was like, wow, I love that about him. Um, And then I did some thinking. (laughs) All right. Fair (laughs) enough. Good. Now Sadie Sink is my favorite. She plays Max. And um, she's in Fear Street, too. And she plays a character named Ziggy. So obviously, obviously we're soulmates. Yes. Um, Sure. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, we'll have to cover those Fear Street movies. I love the Fear Street movies. They use so the same mall in Fear Street with the same name. Oh, I can never. <laughs> but they use the same mall, I'm pretty sure, in Fear Street 1 for um, Stranger Things 3. Yeah, you That gotta... or they make it look very, very similar on purpose. Yeah, yeah that, would, that would make sense. So that was a half a season. They're doing the half season thing? Uh-huh. Yes. That's weird. It's because they... Uh... They don't release them weekly, so people binge everything. And... They oh, okay. were going to do five seasons and a prequel movie, originally, is my understanding. And then they decided not to do that, and instead of doing seasons four and five, they're doing season four split into two, um, because a couple things, including that the kids were aging too fast, and so they were like, fuck, we got to get this going. Um, so it's my understanding that after season four is done, it will be done. Did they make them smoke I was just going to say, hey, they're trying to get them cigarettes and Ramones t-shirts. Hey, you you should take up smoking. You'd look really cool smoking. All the cool kids are doing it. Yeah. So I'm looking now and uh, chapter eight and nine are going to be dropping on July 1st. Yep. So we don't even have to wait that long. Nope. I'll already have my uh, um, dog soldiers uh, steel box edition or whatever the hell it is I bought months ago. <laughs> and we'll, you know. Yeah, we could sit around and watch that. Yeah. I think. I had a watch party screen. for season three when it came out. My friend came over and we made like Eggo ice cream sandwiches and watched season three. Very nice. Um, yeah. I'm really excited to start season four, but I haven't really yet. I've seen like half of the first episode. What do you like better, Eggos or real waffles? I hate waffles and pancakes and oh. cereal um but i did go through a phase where i ate a lot of eggos because of the show and wow. i think that we still have them all like freezer burned in our freezer because <laughs> we bought like the costco boxes for me like the huge fucking like mega eggos Oof. and i ate a lot of them and then none of them mm. um, neither i don't like either oh, okay fair enough mm-hmm. so uh recently watched that was it for me who wants to go next I can go. It's short. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Do it. Um, for Father's Day last week. Yep. <laughs> um, we watched um, No Time to Die, the newest mm. James Bond, which is the last Daniel Craig is, one. Is Jim a James Bond guy? Yes. And we were all immensely disappointed in that movie. Really? Yes. Was it that bad? Yes. Um, <laughs> I thought it was very bad. Is Daniel Craig just like phoning it in? He doesn't care anymore. Got a big gut. No, he was fine. He's trapped in a box the whole movie. You only hear him over an intercom. He clearly phoned it in. James, how's it going down there? Oh, it's it's a bit sticky down here. Um, no, he was fine. The plot, it, it could have been two movies, and the suspense and the action would have worked so much better. They tried to put in a lot of, like, weird narrative things that made it too complicated. And it was, like, nearly a three-hour movie. And, like, my dad's a James Bond fan, and so I'm a James Bond fan. And 
we were all just like, I hope this ends soon. Um, the only cool thing that they did is that basically it starts with James Bond in retirement and the new 007 is a black woman. And I know a while ago there was discussion about the next James Bond being a person of color or a woman or both. Very excited about that. They yeah, opened the door for it perfectly. If they okay. do that, score. She was great. Um, her dialogue and interactions with people, and especially James Bond, were like, meh. But she was cool. And they opened that doorway, and I hope they keep it open. Um, but yeah, that was kind of it. Um it, yeah, it was it was not it was not very good. I was like, we'll just watch Skyfall again instead. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I think that's probably it for me for recently watched. Um, I saw that American Horror Story is going to drop a new short series. Um, I'm excited about that, though I didn't finish the shorts that they already have up. Um, yeah. All right, Jolien, what about you? Uh, I watched uh, Venom, <clears throat> Let There Be Carnage. Oh, boy. From last year, directed by Andy Serkis. Oh. Um, so this this really leans into the absurdity and uh, on the surface. It's kind of like Monty Python's Venom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what happens when you let Gollum direct your yeah, Venom movie. <laughs> he, he's, he knows this character. Uh, he's, 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 the, he's the CG Lon Chaney, right? Right. Um, but uh, so it's got this like, really nutty stuff going on. It really, and it really plays up to the, the visual possibilities of what you can do with these, oh, okay. these characters. Uh, I'm, I'm meaning this in a positive yeah, way. Yeah, I know. Uh, and that, but then underneath that, there's always interesting stuff with the, the various couples and the, the various changing relationships. And the, there's always like a, a gay themes going through it and... Uh, there's it, 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 interesting stuff going on in this okay. film uh, and it's like barely over 90 minutes long um, you know it's not like standard superhero movie it's like uh, it's very small scale compared to oh good you know the, the universe is not at stake you know, it's, there's no big blue sky beam yeah the, the, um, <laughs> they skip that um, yeah uh, it's got little sims in it she actually she's actually in the movie as well um, you know, the Venom goes to one of her gigs. Oh, okay. And takes the stage, and she's like, <laughs> kind of wondering what to do. But uh, yeah, it's uh, she, she's a British hip hop artist. Cool. One of my faves. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, I know a lot of people don't like the Venom films, but <laughs> I've not watched any. The first one has got some really good horror stuff in it. I just always thought it was like a darker version of The Mask. With Jim Carrey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I find Tom Hardy to be uh, the UK's answer to Nick Cage <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> I find that he he's well regarded, but he does chew the scenery given the chance. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, a lot, I'm, this was filmed in Britain and a lot of the principal cast are British playing Americans. So that, that might offend you. I don't know what you call that, Brit face? Brit face? no. Uh, and we we watched the uh, the entire Mission Impossible franchise. Love wow! In one sitting? No, no, like night after night. Okay, good. Um, I think it would be Yank Face. Because I was gonna say uh, Yank, Yank Face. face. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, have you seen Water. 
<laughs> You've seen all the mission films. Not all of them, but I've seen a good number of them. Um, Tom Cruise and Nicolas Cage and um, Matt Dillon, they're like my comfort action movie actors. Mm-hmm. The Born Identity series and um, National Treasure. I love National <laughs> I, Treasure. I've not seen that. I have a Nick Cage pillow. It's Nick Cage with like a rainbow in the background. Um, I've seen those. It's fantastic. Love yeah. Nick Cage. Sweet um, dreams. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, love. He is Tom America's Cruise greatest too. actor. He is the national treasure. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Mission Impossible. Like, uh, I think the first one is just classics, just mm-hmm. classic filmmaking. You know, lots of you know, it's Brian De Palma. I was gonna say that's the only one I've seen. You know, a beautiful series of set pieces. Uh, yeah, it's really great. Two and three kind of go off the rails. It feels like those movies where the, there was like a script writing strike or something at the time. So it's got <laughs> I may have seen so many one. plot holes and yeah, the character development's poor and so on. Uh, Forest starts getting back on the tracks. Uh, they're, they're all enjoyable. Yeah. But five and six are just great. I mean, the sixth one is just fantastic. He does his own stunts, doesn't he? Does, does a movies? lot of them, yeah. But they won't, they won't let him do all of them. They just no. won't let him. I know that there was an interview or something where he was talking about doing the, like, climbing onto a helicopter one in the more recent yeah, movies. Yeah, the sixth one. He's, yeah, um, yeah, that they, <laughs> this is like helicopter rides supposedly over, uh, uh, like, uh, they're up in, what, Nepal? They're up in um, uh, Kashmir flying over the mountains there's a helicopter chase and he's like dangling from one of the helicopters and uh, yeah it's, it's fantastic sounds good um yeah so watched those and then um emily wanted to see something scary but no dogs get hurt so i i brought on we um, watched cujo <laughs> legend of hell house haunted house movie 1973 yeah okay christmasy too Hey. Ends on Christmas Eve. Um, and uh, I forgot about the cat. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but that's okay. It was okay. Um, yeah, it was just a cat. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, this is um, this is good. It's basically a 70s version of The Hauntings. They, they played up the sexuality more. Uh, not not nearly as much as is in the novel. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty solid. It's not, not the same... Yeah. rank as the haunting of course but nothing is um it, this is like this is one of those movies like burnt offerings one of those haunted house movies when i was a kid watching terrified yeah uh every subsequent viewing it's like yeah good movie but nothing um good good cast roddy mcdowell at his finest <laughs> uh yeah it's a, a great uh soundtrack by Delia derbyshire she was this like pioneer of electronic music did the Doctor Who theme and so on, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a good movie. I've seen it many times. Great wallpaper. I can yeah. see how burnt offerings would be pretty scary to a kid. Oh, first, first time, time I saw that, so it'd be, yeah, you have to stay up late to see it. <laughs> I was so glad of the commercial breaks. Uh-huh. So terrifying. Yeah. But anyway, that was it. All right. Um... Will, did you have anything else from? I watched uh, season three of The Boys. Oh, yeah. The first four or yeah. five episodes, whatever. Are they coming on. out weekly now? They're on yeah, weekly. They score. release the first three and then they do them weekly. I love that show. I think it's a genius show. Yeah, I like it quite a bit. Um, 
I'm I'm sure it's not any bloodier than <laughs> than the previous seasons because they were pretty bloody. But it feels like every they season... they got pretty explicit this season too. This in season, episode one, it's like yeah. a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, uh, but I, yeah, I like that show. If you like superheroes, I guess. I like it, and I think that they handle a lot of, like, real-world issues in a way where it's not like, guys, stop, we're having a social justice moment Mm -hmm. in film. Like, they do things, and you're, like, you laugh at it because that's what's actually happening in real life, and you're like, yeah, it sucks, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah, I think, okay, and this might be controversial, you can take this out if you want, but I think that this show could trick Republicans into watching it. it totally <laughs> That's does. why it works so well. Hmm. If you go online, there are people who are every right? season, they get upset because at some point they realize Homelander is the bad guy. Is the bad guy. Yeah. And they're like, but he's got the same beliefs that I do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, oh, take that last the, the step, writing, please. The writing is so smart for <laughs> what, that show. What? Uh, Blue Hawk's a racist. He said racist <laughs> things that I totally agree with. Take that like step. They... He's a bad guy. He has terrible <laughs> ideas. It no? To be. <laughs> no? <laughs> Nothing? No, I think it's okay. a brilliant show. And on top of that, it's really fucking funny. Yeah. Um, I think it's great, yeah. Yeah. Um, I read the comic. I don't really? recommend There's the comic. comic? Yeah, it that. came out uh, early 2000s. Oh. It's more 9-11. Yeah, I could see that. I found that it... Was it, it Mark Miller or Garth Ennis? Garth Ennis. Yeah. I felt that it really leaned into the just <clears throat> gross out. Yeah, yeah. Without as much commentary. I found the TV show has a lot better, sharper satire. I think that the TV show, like, it had me just on the idea that, like, if these people that like we think are the best of us and we put on this pedestal are the worst of us, what does that say about us? And I was like, boom, sold. And it's just gotten better. Um, yeah. I don't know how they're going to end it or when. Oh, the guy that plays um, Huey, uh-huh. he's in Scream 5. And it's basically the same character. I love him. I think it's a great actor. He plays the same character kind of every time, but I like the character. It's funny. Um, yeah. Anyways. Jack Quaid. Yep. Good to know. Randy Quaid's nephew? <laughs> Probably. Nope. Just a very common name. <laughs> you know, Chose you, it himself. You jarred a memory while you were uh, saying what you had recently watched. Was that it for you? The, uh, bo- that's the boys? enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was completely unaware of this thing called The Old Man with Jeff Bridges. Uh-huh. It's on Hulu. And they're dropping the episodes weekly on, I think, on Fridays. And this is uh, Jeff Bridges plays an old man who you're not sure who he is. Then you kind of think you're getting a picture of who he is. And in short order, you find out, oh, he is not what he seems. He is something else entirely. And now a werewolf. I wish. Oh my God, Jeff Bridges werewolf is he a series. Mommy? He's a shock. He's ooh. Is he a really old man? Is he immortal? <laughs> See, there you go. It's a mummy movie. No, it's a. Uh, it's an immortal mummy movie. We'll we'll give the dogs a second here, since we're so close to the beginning. I can edit part of this the out. The dogs in my head won't shut up. <laughs> oh, even worse, the dogs in real life won't shut the up. The dogs are barking. <laughs> I mean, if they were just in your head, at least you could take some drugs for it. 
Um, so he's some sort Taking of the drugs to make the dogs bark. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're on Adderall. Uh, the old man is uh, some sort of a secret agent or something assassin. We don't know, but he's badass. And although he's old, he can still throw down. You get badass when you're old. Yes, you can. Yes, the ass goes first. Um, The the, uh, companions he has are a couple of Rottweilers, and they do travel with him. Do they talk? Uh, I wish they George wish Clooney they... voices both of them, <laughs> so you can't tell which one's but which. He's up in space. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that too. You guys are actually, writing... it's Daniel Craig doing the other one, but he does a great George Clooney they just give voice. Give him his baby blues, and that's it. It's the voice of the baby blues. It's called Yank Face when he does it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we just wrote the perfect series. Just I'll in, get on that. Just yeah. in our conversation. Uh, well, you got to make the prison spring break movie first. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll take that money and roll it into our TV show. Mm. Yeah. So um, uh, two episodes are out. I really, really like it so far. Uh, John Lithgow is in it. Or Lithgow. I'm not sure how he pronounces it. I usually say. Is he a lizard man? Oh, man. It should be. I mean, he hasn't taken his mask off, so I don't know. Uh, and a- Amy Brenneman is also in it. So uh, I don't know who that is. Well, you'd know if you saw her. I don't know what else she's in, but she looked totally familiar. So that was that was another thing. And then Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, I picked this one, didn't I? Yes. Okay. 1955? Four. Four? Three. 1954. Black and white 3D monster horror film. Uh, produced by William Alland. Mm-hmm. Alland? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Jack Arnold is the director. And um, screenplay by Harry Essex and Arthur Ross. Mm. And a story by Maurice Zim. Yeah. This is all true? Okay. I suppose. Um, so what happens in this movie is there's some there's some guy who is an expert on archaeological stuff, finds a hand conveniently sticking out of a cliffside, and they're like, hey, look at that crazy hand. Uh, we should look into this some more. We should shake it. <laughs> we should chip it loose, go talk about it, and come back with more stuff. And they come back with more stuff and more people. And uh, then it turns out, not only is there a fossil of this thing, but there's a real live one of these things that, what did they say, about 100 million years old? Yeah. Something like that. Like a coelacanth. Yeah. Coelacanth was supposed to be extinct. But uh, they caught one. But on. honestly, what's it done since 1935? Not much, really. <laughs> you know, f- I'd say it's still dead. Yeah, it, it's it's not making any solid career moves. Nah. Uh, so this You're one tired. Uh, was filmed in 3D, and they used what's called the polarized light method. So you wore gray polarizing filters, not the. Uh, Red, not, blue. Not the red, blue, but the... Red, green. Is, is it red, green? No, it's, yeah, it's um, red, red, blue, red and green process uh, anaglyph is the um, inferior process. Okay. So we do prefer the gray polarizing, which is how I saw um, Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. Ooh. And it looked pretty good. I, I was impressed as a teen. Um... This one, um, this was a fad in the 50s. 
to, to make your movie a 3d movie. Now, luckily this one didn't lean so much into the, whoa, whoa, we're sticking stuff in the camera. They did a, a bit of it, but it wasn't so obvious as it was in the Friday the 13th sequel. Yeah. <laughs> With the popcorn. If I want, if I go to a 3d movie, I kind of want that. Yeah. But yeah, but do you want it to be so obvious? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Like dial M for murder. <laughs> you know, they're constantly reaching for the camera and that. Yeah, and the house of wax. And, the house of wax, uh, yeah. My Bloody Valentine. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. I kind of want to watch all of these in 3D again. Well. But with one eye closed. For the first time. Um, This, uh, I'll tell you up front. One problem I have with this movie is the bombastic score. Yeah, that that particular one you're talking about is the uh, Herman Stein's contribution. Okay, I liked the music in this movie. Yeah, that that's used over a hundred times. That particular cue. Yeah, is it? Mm-hmm. It feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, they use it like fifty times, and thinking I'm ex- exaggerating, but it's over a hundred. Okay. I liked it. Fair enough. I liked the sounds in this movie. Yeah, there's like Henry Mancini worked on it. Yeah, but. but that's the one we should have watched. <laughs> the creature from the haunted sea. Yes, <laughs> um, that's one of those movies made without any money at all. Yeah, he looks like he's made of meatballs. Yeah, ping pong ball eyes. <laughs> yeah. all that. Um, Roger Corman. Yeah, so apparently the uh, 3D fad had peaked in like '53 and was already fading when this movie came out. Yeah, like so this this like revived it for a little while, mm-hmm. but by the time Revenge of the creature came out it was it was really fading fast and they, so they, they dropped the 3d on that yeah Did, so they they had it in mind when they started but then yeah they, they scrapped it they right filmed away. it but what what happened was um because uh you, you rely on the projectionists being able to line up two projectors that run absolutely sync in synchronicity they have to you know, to the frame otherwise it messes your eyes up uh, and most projectionists just weren't bothered or it's like I'm not being paid for this yeah wow so it was really messing the audiences were complaining so it, it yeah it was, it was dead by the end of 54 so it was just causing a lot of headaches and mm-hmm. literal and figurative okay um this is uh okay so back to the uh back to the uh plot uh this expedition in the Amazon uncovers the skeletal hand with the webbed fingers and uh, the uh, ichthyologist, Dr. David Reed is going to, um, who works at an aquarium in California is going to come on this trip. Um, and they, they leave camp. Which one is it that finds him first? Is it the uh, one of the guide dudes with the bowl cut? See the one that gets attacked first think so yeah um i'm trying to think of that guy's name uh carl carl (laughs) something like that (laughs) but anyway uh so he's uh this guy is attacked and it seems pretty clear there's some sort of a monster on the loose and then uh from there uh from there uh, the monsters on the loose yeah the the monster's pretty much uh terrorizing this bunch well you can also watch this whole trilogy, the creature trilogy, mm-hmm. from the creature's point of view. That's what I did. So they attack him first, didn't they? Yeah, the first, oh, yeah. The first one, they find out where he's been living in peace for 
I mean, maybe he's the last of his race, but mm-hmm. they've been around there for a long, long time. hundred million years. Um, they go in there, they dump, you know, the gas, uh, they throw the cigarettes in there, they throw Rotenone in his, his home. <laughs> uh, as soon as he shows up, they're like uh, shooting at him, catching him in nets. Mm-hmm. Um, they set him on fire in every movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the second one, they they haul him back to Florida, Oof. stick him in this concrete tank for spring break. And uh, every time he tries to go and get food, they electrocute him, and he gets angry about that too. And then the third one, they burn him again. <laughs> they burn him so badly that they peel off his his outer layer and find that uh, there's more human stuff in there than they previously thought. And uh, say, they congratulate themselves and, oh. Maybe we should stop. More human. And then, and then he's unable to go back in the water. Because we have no problem killing people. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a sad story. That's what I did. I watched it very much as like a man versus nature thing. Um, but I don't know if that's just because I've seen like other movies kind of like it. Before I saw this, this was the first time that I've seen this movie. Um, but that's the angle that I came at it from. Because also, he's a very nice monster. He's not really doing anything. Yeah. He's just swimming. And then he's swimming with the girl. And he's like, hey, want to come swim? And she's like, no. And he's like, I can't understand you. And then they get mad about it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought that he was cool. Well, yeah. like Del Toro him. sorted all that out. He made it right. So that's what I was going to talk about <laughs> because I have not seen Shape of Water. Okay. But I read it. Okay. And I really like it as a story. I think it's lovely. Um, does she sleep with the fish? Yes. But that's not what the story's about. <laughs> Isn't it? No. That's <laughs> not what the story's about. Um, Ichthus. But the whole time I was watching this, I was thinking about like the shape of water, and I was like, "Wow, shape of water is exactly like this." Especially in the book, because you get chapters from the perspective of the dude that's like hunting down this monster, and he fully is aware of how cruel he's being, but he doesn't give a shit at all, and he's blatantly racist, which does come up in this movie because it is a movie of its time period. Um. I did not know about the larger plot of the second and third movie, which is really sad. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about like, Shape of Water the whole time because I really like that one. And I also like, um, after I watched it and like kind of made the connection in my head, it's an obvious one. I wasn't like, I'm not patting myself on the back for that. <laughs> um, I, I looked it up and somebody was talking about how the Shape of Water is more sympathetic because the main characters are all like working class people. Mm-hmm. Um, the main girl is mute also. Um, whereas like this story, I guess, is told from the perspective of just like wealthy looking white middle class people who are either in it for profit or glory, fortune and glory. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So you don't typically watch old movies black and white movies i'm trying to get into it some more um so you went into this with a pretty open mind yeah 
I thought it was, it, it surprised me. The effects and the filming was really cool. I was about to I ask you what surprised that. you, but. Yeah, I think that, well, I was watching it and I was like, are they just trying to flex their like underwater filming skills? Oh, yeah. I imagine they had, that that they had was to invent new. those cameras for this. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool. It did read sometimes to me kind of like a, like a baby sensory video. I was like, oh, there's fish going by. I was like, wow, there's plants underwater. Cool. Um, you, you imagine if you saw this I, I saw the sequel in 3D but um, this first one apparently like uh, if you saw it in the Polaroid the uh, the, the uh, initial process um, you have like a cube of water coming out and, mm-hmm. and fish swimming around your head and stuff I bet it'd be pretty impressive it yeah. would be cool um, especially if you know they had to invent the camera so you had well, yeah, seen that before you had to mm-hmm. invent a not only an underwater camera, but a double th- camera for filming yeah. 3D, yeah. which could also be uh, handheld. This is just unheard mm-hmm. of. I tried to watch it and equate it to like if somebody had taken like a video of like space in real time for me, because that blow my mind. Um, but I have seen like underwater footage before on like Disney Channel, so I was like, ah, sure. okay. Um, but I thought that the creature was really cool. Yeah. Um, I liked I liked that a lot. Um, they surprised me with the fire effects, um, and it, I thought that it was sad. I thought that that was a weird thing for them to do to make like kind of like a sad narrative for this fish fella. Um, but maybe I was just like reading into it too much because I know that like old movie monsters, especially like reflect like the collective societal fears of their time. You know. Hmm. And this was in the 50s, mm-hmm. so there's, like, a lot of, like, nuclear stuff there. Um, but, I mean, I wasn't scared of them because I'm just really cool like that. <laughs> um, now, are you aware of the um, the creature design? A, a, a little history about it? No. Are, you, are you familiar? Nope. Jolian, I know you are, Will, maybe? Yeah. Um, okay. So there's Catch a guy me. who, for... 50 plus years took credit for like soul credit for the, the design and the sculpt of the creature suit mm-hmm. guy named Bud Westmore okay. who comes from a family of makeup artists. He's like, yeah, see, that was me. I did that. <laughs> Wasn't it great? That's and... a dead on impersonation. <laughs> it's the fifties <laughs> and we all kind of talk like this still. Um, there was a, uh, um, didn't Millicent Patrick work for Disney? Yes. Okay. She was one of the first female animators. Yes, which was pretty, pretty uh, mm-hmm. glass ceiling breaking. Yeah, it's a big deal. Kicking down doors. This woman um, was a very talented artist, Millicent Patrick. She did this sculpt. She she designed it and uh, uh, painted it. Okay. She didn't do the actual sculpt. Uh, Chris Mueller sculpted uh, the head and hands. Okay. And. Uh, Tom Case was a painter, and Jack Keevan sculpted most of the body and put it put the suit together on set. Okay, there we go. But yeah, she was the she was the designer and, and uh, of the you know the classic creature. And Keevan was the guy who worked on Wizard of Oz. Yep. And uh, he was a prosthetic maker who would uh, help uh, war vets from World War Two. Yes. And um, you know, he didn't make them look like the creature, did they? Because oh, that might have been awful. Oh yeah. I don't know. I thought the hands are really cool. I'd like that. Yeah. So yeah. Millicent Patrick designed this thing, and someone else, yeah, happily took credit for Fitzgerald it. Fitzgerald moment, yeah. I but got it. yeah, the rest of the uh, she, she was uh, she was uh, like a 
good-looking woman. So there's like um, she was sent out on tour to promote the film, and uh, Bob Westmore was so paranoid about her taking credit for it, and she every interview she'd say, "No, I, I work for Bob Westmore. It's his, you know, his creation." Although he had nothing to do with actually making it, hmm. and uh, but he he keeps insisting, "Oh, she's taking the credit. She's taking the credit." So that by the time she got back from the tour, uh, he, she was fired by him. Um, he, so, he'd do stuff like um, the, 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 the people working on, on the suit. Uh, they knew that if he came up to them and said, hey, you did a great job, take the rest of the day off. They knew that later that day he'd be coming in with the press and <laughs> taking photos of himself um, working on the suit. Pretending to be working. Yeah, oh, he'd like, okay. hold a sculpting too. Talking yeah. to it, so like uh, Chris Mueller, he tells a story about uh, Bob Westmore come up to him and say, "Hey, great job, Chris. Why don't you go have the rest of the day?" And he knew what was going to happen, so he, he stayed. So like late that afternoon, Bob Westmore comes in with all the press photographers, and uh, he's like shocked that he's still there, and he tries <laughs> to make him go away, and he doesn't. So you've got these photos of Chris Mueller actually working on it, and then Bob Westmore trying to stand in front of him. Oh man. <laughs> um. So this uh, maybe makes you ask, who's the real monster? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, pretty remarkable um, that in the 50s such such a thing would go on. (laughs) Or Harry Essex, who takes credit for the screenplay. mm, Not true either? No, this went through loads of drafts, but yeah... um, I mean, uh, this comes from a story. I'll tie this back to that boring film about the newspaper guy. Okay. Citizen Kane. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the producer and the guy who had had the idea for this story uh, was William Allen. So uh, when they're making Citizen Kane, he's hanging out with Orson Welles and uh, uh, Orson Welles' uh, current girlfriend. And uh, having having dinner in 1941... And uh, they're um, they're with this uh, cinematographer named Gabriel Figueroa, and uh, he he told this story about how in the Amazon there was this um, half man half fish monster, and the, the local village would have to sacrifice a maiden to it every year. And uh, Figueroa even claimed he had a photograph around somewhere. Somewhere, <laughs> most amazing picture I ever took, but I. Tossed it in a drawer. Yeah. So he tells the story, and that just kicks around in his head for another ten years. And then he, you know, when he's asked to come up with the ideas, more science fiction movies in the fifties, this this comes back out. Hmm. Interesting. Um. Now, Ziggy, were you familiar at all with the fact that there's two different guys playing the creature? No, but I did wonder about that because they have like really long sequences underwater. I yeah. was like, that's either one really strong dude mm-hmm. or like maybe multiple people or just really nice cuts between shots. Well, um, Jolien, you want to tell her about Riku Browning? Yeah, so they, they, so they filmed, they had two units filming, right? Mm-hmm. One in Florida, one in Universal Backlot. Okay. Uh, so uh, for Florida, they went down there and they were looking for someone who could do the, wear the suit underwater and they were, they they thought of various people like Glenn Strange, but he couldn't swim, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he played like the Frankenstein monster and stuff in the forties. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so so they uh, they get shown to this uh, the, this lagoon, um, the Wakula Springs Lagoon, and uh, by this uh, scuba diver, this guy who does all these swim shows named Lugu Browning, and uh, they they. They, they kind of like the look of this guy and they have him do these test shots uh, swimming around underwater so they can they tell him so we can get an idea of the scale and how things look but uh, you know they, they liked how he looked so like a, a little while later he got a call would you like to be the creature <laughs> it's so cool so they have these like uh, um, for, because the, the swim shows they have to stay underwater so long yeah they have all these like uh, hoses mm-hmm. so they can stay down there and so um uh, he, he could stand water for quite a long time. Yeah, just, I just didn't hands. know when that technology... Like, it, I don't know, because when I hear, like, black and white movie, I'm like, ah, ye olden days, no technology. <laughs> and so, like, this movie surprised me in a lot of ways. Um, but, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, he was, um, like, the, some of the people working on the film said that, oh, yeah, he could hold his breath for, like, up to four minutes. And, mm-hmm. and he um, clarified that in a... In a later interview in 2013, that uh, he's like, yeah, but when you're wearing that suit and doing all this physical stuff, this physical acting with your swimming, yeah. it cuts down to, you know, two minutes underwater time. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. My favorite scene was when the girl is swimming and then mm. he's swimming like under her. I yeah. thought that was really cool. So potent. Right. I really liked that. Yeah, now there's another story about uh, a snapping turtle taking a piece off of the suit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was in Revenge, I think. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Clint Eastwood's on that. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's... First that, movie. That's that beautiful swimming scene where he's doing this kind of mm-hmm. synchronized swimming with her. And uh, so when you see her underwater, she's Ginger Stanley. Mm-hmm. And then she's Julie Adams when she's out of the water. Or went on the surface. Wow. Um, but it's yeah, quite it was... the amphibian. Yeah. <laughs> Changes your whole personality. <laughs> you're underwater. Well, there's like so you got the creature when he when he's the underwater scenes he's he's Ruku Browning and then uh, when he's on land he's Ben Chapman who's this Tahitian guy, you know, six foot five. Okay. So he could pick up a dude and throw him is maybe why they picked him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, then you had another guy, uh, Al White, who played the, who did the fire stunt. Okay. But yeah, mostly it's Ben Ben Chapman and Ruku Browning, and that so they have different suits. Uh, so the underwater one is like lighter, so that you can see it better. Oh, okay. And they had to do um, oh. there's there's less detail. Uh, it was they had to fit it for a shorter person, and uh, the the eyes are different depending on how close you get to the suit. Like uh, when you're far away enough, he he didn't use any eyepieces at all. Ah, uh, okay. But sometimes they had to put in the eyepieces for close-ups and things. But yeah, that's it was pretty interesting watching the movie again. You know, watching him just pick that guy up and throw him. And I'm thinking that could be why they didn't use the swimmer guy, because maybe the swimmer guy can't pick up a dude and throw him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's got to be part of the the audition, right? So like, oh, we really like your swimming, see? Pick that guy up and throw it. <laughs> but, but there, no, there was a scene where, where he, he clobbers the guy on the the, the shore where, where he's, he was supposed to throw him. They tried it a couple of times, but the wire kept breaking. Ah. So they, they had to abandon that, so he, he just switches to strangling him. Yeah. It's effective. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah. The, um, so do you know much more about Ginger Stanley? She seemed really interesting. Yeah. She, so she was like a, one of those underwater performers. Yeah. Uh, so she she was sort of like one of those mermaid show kind yeah. of. Okay. That's kind of the vibe that I got from hearing about her, but I really wasn't too clear. Like that was a whole thing in Florida in the, I don't know when it started, but I know um, researching. Probably the 20s. <laughs> I'm going to guess the 20s. Yeah, sure. Through t- today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. still have mermaids. They do. Yeah, I like yeah Jolien mermaids. knows one of them. Yeah, I, I do. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I work for uh, Medusarina Marina, who, who's at the... Oh, you uh, mentioned her. She's at the rec bar in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. So I've, I've been... mermaids. I've been doing a bunch of um, image... Uh, compiling some searching and compiling because my sister now lives in Florida and I said you guys should embrace all the Florida kitsch and history and you know the cool stuff but the kitschy stuff too Uh, and so I've found some you know alligator wrestling pictures uh, and uh, fruit stands sure there'd be pictures of them but there's one that's shaped like a giant orange and so you want you know the the alligator shows and the, you know, the, the TWA and Pan Am posters, all that kind of stuff. And I thought that'd be kind of cool to make a big collage of this stuff in an area near where you hang out, you know, near That's the, cool. yeah, a little yeah. screened in patio near the pool. I thought that'd be <laughs> kind of cool to have like, Hey, here's some crazy Florida stuff and some cool Florida stuff. And it just seemed like I kept seeing pictures of people doing very stunty shows and, they let kids ride on alligators. Yep. Talk about... Blimey. Talk about Florida. Talk, <laughs> talk about not worrying about liability. <laughs> when uh, when Medusa Rina does a Halloween show, uh, they, they have a gill man. Oh, they do? Ooh. Yeah. How cool. Like full suit underwater? No. He's just speedo He's and a mask. he masks and stuff. <laughs> I wish they had one at Casa Bonita. They had the, the ape, but they mm-hmm. should have had a... Well, yeah. Cliff diving whole man yeah i like it (laughs) maybe when they reopen it yeah now why do you suppose and ziggy maybe you can think of some reasons from a writer's perspective why do you suppose it's been so hard for and this could be a studio thing too i don't know studio executives so hard to get like a remake just in production get it made and we're not counting um, Shape of Water because yeah. that's not exactly a remake. That's a, no, a love, didn't he love try letter to, to it? It is a, exactly. Yeah, it's didn't a love he try letter. to get the rights to remake it, but he didn't get them? I believe so. It seems right. Um, John Landis wanted to do a remake. Um, John Carpenter was developing one. That didn't pan out. Um, Carpenter movie that didn't pan out. Oh, geez. Yeah, <laughs> it just never happened. He's like, wait, I'm busy with Ghosts of Mars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he just done... Um, uh, Memoirs of Invisible Man, which was an expensive movie, but didn't do well. Yeah. So uh, they, they, didn't, they were so the uh, creature story that he was going to do involved like ancient pyramids and oh boy, yeah, it was, that was going to be another big budget one, but um, they they kept cutting it down, cutting it down, cutting it down. And you got a green wetsuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the drunken Florida man from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Um, Florida Man might be a scarier movie. <laughs> yeah, he could like whip you with his mullet. Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> um, Dives so, into the water. You just see 
oil. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so what what do you think it um, what do you think it could be? Why why is a, a remake just not happened yet? My thinking would be that like older movies, particularly like black and white like old monster movies, like don't interest a lot of people anymore. I'd like if you're marketing to the masses, which everybody is. Uh-huh it's a it's kind of a niche thing and you also have to do it extremely well because there are diehard fans that'll come for you if you don't oh yeah and so i think that even though you know even if you wanted the rights to it but didn't get them doing like this is inspired by that is much easier than like this is a remake because there's a lot of pressure there and i think also like a lot of these older movies have some problematic content that people don't really want to address and they also like a lot of them have like underlying themes, you know, especially in horror where like the things that we're afraid of mean something if you think hard enough about it. Like it's sometimes it's just, you know, like um, like there's some v- vaguely racist stuff in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that like instead of, you know, redoing it or erasing it, which could be problematic either way. If right. you were to make it today. If you want to be a revisionist, to, that's you'd problematic. You have to yeah. address it directly. Mm-hmm. And that is tricky also um, and kind of on the nose. And so I think that it's like a lot of things. My gut reaction is that like, I know that like as a horror fan, I'd want to go see it just because I'm like, oh, a remake of an old movie. But my I couldn't talk my friends into going. Because they wouldn't care. They'd watch the trailer and be like, well, is it scary? You know, like, uh-huh. I think that, like, there's, like, a standard to live up to. And, you know, that might be hard because you're trying to market to, like, a bunch of people. Hmm. I think it's because what do you do with him? Right. I don't think he lends himself to enough stories. And if you remade it, you you would yeah. end up remaking it's so closely that yeah you'd run into problems with you know it'd have to be the same story which i mean it could be done especially in today's like literal climate you could totally redo that it's man versus nature all over the place like global warming is driving the gilman up on shore sure and they're attacking the prison where our spring break movie going yes, on. Yes, in Florida. <laughs> in Florida. Yep. And then he fights Florida Man at the end. Yeah, and we have After George they Clooney grow 50 feet tall. Yes. Because. And they, they make kids ride around on his back. Yeah. And there's a big spider, too. Mm-hmm. Just because. Yeah. I want to see a big spider in a movie. <laughs> and the Jack Arnold reference. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think that, like, the fact that Shape of Water isn't a remake allowed it to have like a lot of mm-hmm. other narrative liberties that are really good like i it is a weird romance movie but it i i don't know i think that it's a really good movie and i think it's a beautiful story about like understanding and humanity mm-hmm. um does she sleep with the fish yes it's okay we don't talk about it yeah so what though yeah. really come on yeah they're doing it in florida <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> everything's legal there yeah um except books <laughs> I'll say it. Florida sucks. <laughs> kind of a shitty state right now. <laughs> Along with Texas. You know, if for the... <laughs> I'm sorry if you're a listener living in those states. Get some people to vote for better people. <laughs> there you go. 
I was going to say, there's nothing you could do about the humidity, though. No, people talk about it, but nobody ever does anything about it. <laughs> right? Uh, okay, so Jolien, why do you think it's not been remade or, aside from just executive Yeah, crap, I, I agree that you, you can take the uh, uh, inspiration from it better than remaking it. Mm-hmm. One, one, I think, uh, uh, I really like this movie. I think I got it right the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, secondly, uh, when people have taken inspiration from it, uh, they made uh, Shape of Water, which I'm not, I'm not that keen on, but I know a lot of people love it. Um, beautiful creature and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate that it's a love letter to the creature. Um, Jaws. Um, young Spielberg saw that scene where she's swimming and she feels something touch her uh, yeah. on her leg and thought, oh, that's it. People are scared of that. Yep. They also did the one where it's like you see the hand going for her and she like walks away right in time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've seen that so many times. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. This was one of the earlier yeah. times that that happened in a movie. Well, another thing you get in Jack Arnold movies, the 50s, is the uh, killer POV, although it was the monster POV. I was wondering if that's what they were doing because sometimes it was like moving around and I was like, is this yeah. like the monster POV or yeah, that's cool. So they'd done it and it came from out space, which was immediately before this. And then um, uh, Tarantula, they do it. Um, yeah, I think several of his, his, his movies, you have a monster POV. Yeah. So we probably won't ever get this, will we? A remake? Yeah. No. I feel like we just won't. Well, who would you want to do it? Who would you want to be in it? What would you want the monster to look like? Like, that's so hard, I think. Yeah, like when... Especially like the monster is so iconic. Like, how would you even remake it? My only thing would be make him look less like a person in a fish suit. Because you'd get out of water, and I was like, it's a man. <laughs> but also, it's an old movie, so I was like, oh, okay. Well, they had Rick Baker working on it in the, when they were trying to remake it in the 80s and 90s, and he was just like, uh, I've got to do it like the original, but you know, make it more convincing because we can do, you know, we've got better materials. You and, know what I was thinking? I, he, he was lacking to do it teeth. Basically the same. I wanted to get some teeth action. If this were remade, mm-hmm. I think we could do, you know how, um, have you seen A Quiet Place? Yeah. You know how they have the close-up of the weird ear thing? They did that with fish teeth, because fish with teeth are freaking scary. <laughs> I think if they did that, that'd be cool. Um, they they did, like, uh, other films that take an inspiration from it, which went the other way and got went less classy. You get, like, <laughs> humanoids from the deep. Yeah. Which goes explicit in all kinds of ways. Yeah. And uh, uh, they have teeth in that, don't they? Uh-huh. But yeah. in, in, like, the, the if gil- you made a more angler fish, I think that that would be cool. Yeah, okay, never are, mind. I'm making there are the designs, remake. There are designs. There are designs. My remake. Fishing. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's great shots. Of the uh, they built this special head for the creature where uh, uh, for the close-ups where he's breathing and they have the gills. Yeah, blowing yeah. Up. I like yeah. that. I noticed that too. Really nice. And they hadn't. There was no such thing as a full body monster <clears throat> costume up until this point. Mm-hmm. Right. This is all new. Yeah. This was pretty innovative. Yeah. Pretty groundbreaking. Actually, have you seen the Seven Year Itch? No. Marilyn Monroe. Nope. So that that comes out a couple years after this. Yeah. Fifty five, wasn't it? Well, let's see. But anyway, there's a scene in that where she walks out of having seen Creature in the Black Lagoon. She <laughs> says, uh, "I felt kind of sorry for the creature." <laughs> yeah. Nice. Fifty five. Yeah. I think that and I'm still on this remake thing. If they made a remake, I think that it wouldn't really for me. 
I think that it wouldn't really have, it would have to be not really a remake because I think that they'd have to go way scientific with how the fish looks and they'd have to choose a scary fish and a different fish and they'd have to change the plot stuff around because the plot as it is is a little, yeah. It's King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> I found it a little flat and a little racist and a little, there were some things where I was like, I could have some more, I could have more. Um, but again, for its time, I was like, gold stars, all the way around. We get um, Rob Zombie to direct it, and we get to see the creature as a child, and his mom's a stripper. <laughs> in right. Florida. In Florida, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, um, I don't think it can't be remade. I, I think it won't. I, I think that, like, you'd either have to remake the exact same movie, yikes, or you'd have to go very far off and redo kind of every aspect of it well and to your point about you know the he looks too man-shaped yes maybe if the legs were more like uh alien for example um you know you go you go for the xenomorph kind of shape uh to some of the limbs Mm -hmm. that might help like take you away from thinking ah this thing just looks like a man in a suit well even like the monsters in the descent were scary, mm-hmm. even though they yeah. look pretty humanish. Yeah. So like even like because the light thing, I don't know. Now I'm thinking the wheels are turning now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hey, write the thing. You Maybe know, he has a tail, <laughs> and you don't think he can walk on land. Yeah. And then the twist is he can grow legs. Oh, after, hey. it takes like twenty years, and he's like out there. It takes two yeah, billion years. It takes <laughs> three, three, scares three days. Yeah. Oh yeah. A good three days. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but he got started on a Friday afternoon. Mm. So, you know no. how Deadpool grew his arm back, right? right. Yeah, it's like <laughs> his that. legs, his little baby legs, <laughs> <laughs> little fishy legs. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I, I'm not uh, holding my breath for a remake <laughs> for four minutes or two minutes or any length of time. Um, but uh, I am happy to rewatch these things, even with. Even with some of the problematic stuff of its time, which, hey, you know, another way you could watch this movie and be like, whoa, this is one of the least racist movies from this year. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's probably It only has X amount of racism instead of 10 times that much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, I would love to see it in 3D. Um, I have the... The the DVD uh, uh, what are the the Legacy Collection that Universal is released. Is there a colorized version or an official uh, colorized version? Don't think so. No, there, there was color photos of the time because uh, one of the photographers they brought in worked for Life magazine, so they did this feature, so you can actually see what what he looked like, and it's is you know a, a dull greenish mm-hmm. color. Because I didn't know going in that it was going to be black and white, and I wasn't like. Oh man, but I, I think it'd be cool to see it in color because he's a fish dude. He was That's bright cool. pink. Yeah, it would have been too expensive. It would Yellow. would have added over a hundred thousand dollars onto the budget, which was a big deal in those days. On this yeah, was if only they'd known. <laughs> Four hundred sixty-three thousand dollar budget. Wow, but it made millions. Yeah. Yeah. Big hit. Yeah, good good success story. Got two uh, sequels. Yep. Hey, and uh, in the, pretty the, short order. Yeah, he, uh, he turns up in TV several times. Mm-hmm. So the Abbott and Costello thing, how long is that one? Is that like a, just barely a feature so length? That was a, the Colgate Comedy Hour. 
Okay. TV oh, show. Oh, that was okay. television. Okay. Yeah. So, so they they have <clears throat> like uh, various costumes around. So they have the Mister Hyde costume from Alan Costelli, Doctor Strange, Miss Hyde, and the creatures in there. And it's the first time anyone has seen the creature. So it was, this is like it was really good publicity. Oh, okay. Oh, um, this was ahead of time. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, yeah, the, this was like one of the earliest monster movies to get trailers put on TV. Yeah, wow. there was a couple of stations who wouldn't take it because it was too scary. Yeah, I watched the trailers as part of my rewatch. Had to film the creature from the waist up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't like his gyrating. <laughs> I hated his gyrating and his exposed belly button. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, anything else uh, about the movie you, that you wanted to share, Jolien, before we do the recommends? Um, I. I love the creature. Yeah. And uh, Julie Adams. Um, you, and you communicated with her a little bit on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, yeah when... she, she died recently. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, it's not my favorite Jack Arnold movie, but it's, it's probably Incredible Shrinking Man. But, yeah. Um, lots of Jack Arnold touches. Yeah. Great, great scenes in it. Yeah. Um, anyone else before we do the recommends? Will, do you recommend it? No. No? Yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> Duh, right? It's a creature from the Black Lagoon. It's yeah. classic. Yeah. Um, as someone with a tattoo of him on my arm, I'll say, duh, of course I recommend it. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got the, the creature back here. Yeah. Back on the deltoid. Uh, I've got the whole universal sleeve going on. Um, what about you, Ziggy? Since it's a classic, yes, but I did pretty much know the story already and yeah. had seen a lot of the things. Um, so, I, I mean, it's not necessary, I don't think, if you're not like a diehard, like, I need to see classic horror movies. Right. Um, but yeah, sure. Do you, do you see value in young horror fans seeing the classics? If they want to, yeah. I think that horror like anything else is for fun and for enjoyment and if it becomes a like homework assignment or a chore then no um but if you're interested enough it's nice to see where things come from and these movies are where everything comes from yeah um so it's for educational purposes and just you know to have seen it i appreciate having seen it um but i mean it's not the most exciting watch ever for the 21st century horror movie watcher even with him hitting you over the head with that score <laughs> i those, like the score that was fun the, the orchestral blast in the know. face a <laughs> hundred times <laughs> jolian what about you oh, yeah. i highly recommend it another duh <laughs> yeah I, I i'll track down tv shows with the gilman makes the cameo <laughs> so i watched that episode of um you know adam's family and yeah um he turns up in the Brady Bunch as well. Is he supposed to be wow. a, a cousin in the Adams family or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He's a cousin in the Brady Bunch as well. <laughs> yeah, he kills he's him. what cousin Oliver becomes. Yeah, yeah but by the seventies, like uh, Jack Arnold was directing mostly TV. Yeah, so he did a lot of the Brady Bunch. So that oh, one of his episodes. okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, Good to know that the creature kept working till the seventies. <laughs> he had like the sideburns and a big belly. Uh huh. <laughs> White collared shirts. Yep. Yeah, the, poly, the polyester shirts. <laughs> Open down to here with a big medallion. 
Sanzibelt slacks. Uh huh. <laughs> Wide bottom slacks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm glad we did this one. I, I really am. Uh, I think for our next pick, um, Jolien will. Who's next? Who's. Uh, I think. I've got one of. Yep. Here we ones. go. Uh, there's a movie called The Unseen. Which ah. I have unseen. I've, Same here. But uh, it's uh, talked about in incredibly strange films and psychotronic and so on. So I've got to see it. Um, and it's on Shudder, I believe. Oh, cool. cool. All yeah, right. We have access to that. Anything else before we get out of here? No? All right. Cool. Listeners, thank you for listening. <laughs>